Well, we're going to make two confessions just so I feel at home there. Let's say it. The Word of God, word of God is truth. truth. If I live the Word, I, the word. I, will be blessed. I will be blessed. If I don't, if I, don't I, won't. I won't. It's just that simple. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look like you should be able to receive that. And now let's, let's confess the new one, because I love this new one too, but I don't have it memorized yet. Are you ready? I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have the victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Let's give the Lord a hand. We've got the victory. Before you're seated, tell those people on each side, I have the victory. I have the victory. Glory to God. Good to see you. Like that good looking chick on the keyboard tonight. I'm going home with her. Glory to God. Somebody handed me a, a, a Mike, Mike, Linda actually brought it in. Linda Cantwell, and Mike Cantwell, they brought this in and, and I'm going to read it to you in just a moment. But uh, we're going to continue tonight. With, uh, I thought last week we were finished. By the way, Jeff, a very few people know you. Would you stand? Give Jeff Smith a hand. I know he's going to say I don't like to do that, but that's okay. A lot of you don't know Jeff because he, Wanda's husband, but he works a rotating shift, so he can't be here every Wednesday, every Sunday. But his father pioneered a new covenant assembly here, and I, I met with him, just, his father, just before, or just when we came back to Lafayette. And Jeff's going to be sharing at the men's breakfast on April 29th. I know he's got a great word for you, so sign up. The sheet is back there, and you can sign up tonight, and uh, we want to make sure we got a great turnout because it's going to be good. But uh, this is really a cute little message. How many of you realize that you, you, it's, it's fun to train little toddlers, and it's fun to be around them. They're just so cute, and the message we're going to continue on is the power of your mind, and uh, uh, or for some, it may be called the potential power of your mind, but we have the mind of Christ, and what the Bible says about our mind is the truth that we live. And that's why I like that confession that I, I said many years ago. We, we live the truth, and if we live the truth, we're blessed. And if we don't, duh, you got the problem. God does not have a problem. Tell your neighbor, God doesn't have a problem. And uh, so this is a story. <laughs> uh, this is a story about a, a mother uh, training her three-year-old. And uh, they, they had moved into a rural area. You haven't heard this one, have you? I just got it. And after moving to the country, uh, the mother, this is the mother speaking. After moving to the country, my three-year-old daughter and I were often alone in the house. Because we lived in a rural area, not close to neighbors or anyone, I wanted to make sure that she knew how to make a 911 call in case it was ever needed. She drilled the child, she worked with the child, and she thought the child had downloaded it and was really ready to respond to it. So the mother said, okay, what would you do if you found me laying on the floor and you couldn't wake me up? And as the mother looked, uh, she could see the little three-year-old was really thinking. The wheels were turning up there in the mind. And all of a sudden, she looked up and she said, oh, mom, I would go to the kitchen and eat anything I wanted. <laughs> I think the mom got a little bit more work to do, but it's a smart little daughter she has here. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Romans chapter 12. The other day I was praying and, and just not, not praying anything specific at all, just praying and praying in the Holy Spirit. And, and many times I'll hear something, but I don't know what it means. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You hear something. That's what you need to write down because it's probably God speaking to you. In, in more cases than not, it is, and I know in my life it is. And I kept hearing this, uh, and, and, and uh, it, it just went over and over and over in my, in my uh, mind. And, uh, and finally, I just said, God, I don't know what that means. Stop contradicting me. Everybody say that. Stop say it again. Stop and I said, God, what does that mean? Stop contradicting me. And I felt like the Lord said, too many of my people are contradicting my word and my will. I tell them what to do. I show them my word. I download it into their spirit. They have it. And instead of renewing their mind, they speak something contrary to what I'm telling them. And that is a contradiction to what I want to do in their life. How many of you believe this is the service you're supposed to be in tonight? 
because there are many of us. It's okay to applaud, but we need more than one. <laughs> How many of you are in the right service tonight? Now, now the, word, the, the foundation for everything that we have been sharing is Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. This is one of the most important scriptures in the Bible. Every scripture in the Bible is important. But if you don't get this one right, you're not going to get all of the rest right. And the Word of God says that we present our body as a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service. In other words, this is just reasonable. This is how you should live all of your life. And then it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. There's one will, good and acceptable are adjectives. There is one will that God has for your life, and it is good, it is acceptable, it is perfect, and He will never withhold His will from your life. He will never not tell you what He wants you to do and what He wants you to know. And I want to say that again. How many of you, if you wanted your child to do something, would never tell them and then punish them if they didn't do it? You wouldn't do that. You would give them instructions and tell them what you want them to know. And God does that with us. He tells us what he wants us to know. So it's so important that we understand this because the only challenge we, the biggest challenge you will ever face is, is seated right up here. If you're not sure where your brain is, where your mind is, just point right up here and say, I think it's up here somewhere. When you get your mind renewed to the perfect will of God, then you know that you're going to live the word of God if you will think the right thought. If you won't think the right thought, you will contradict the word of God. The weak say I am, poor say I am. We turn a negative into a, we speak things that are not as if they, why do we speak things that are not as if they were? Because that is exactly what God does. God speaks things that were not as if they were. So this is how we live our life. Now, the word contradiction is uh, means uh, to be in opposition, to oppose, to dispute, to be negative, and to be defiant. Turn to your neighbor and say, in my right mind, I would never do that. May I see the hands of all the people in their wrong mind? You have done that. You've spoken things contrary to the will of God, contrary to the word of God. All of us should have our hands raised because we all do it. Now, if we get a, a control of our thought life, we will change our life forever. You will change your life forever. And I know you've heard this many times in the teaching and all, all through the years with me. But I read a book one time that said that the average person thinks about 30,000 thoughts a day. If you meditate the word of God, you bring that number down. Are you with me? In other words, my mind will think all by itself, and so will your mind. That's where a lot of the problem comes in. And then sometimes because your mind's not renewed, you think and feed your, thing, your mind things that you shouldn't do. It. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, that man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, everything that we do should be what came from the mouth of God. So we then constantly read the Word of God. We constantly go to our prayer journal and we look at what it says. And our prayer journal is an extension of the Word of God. I know we're not supposed to add to the written Word of God, but the Holy Spirit gives us an extension of what God's will is in our life. So we start to read this. And it says right here, I, uh, I, I need to be uh, happy all of the time. The joy of the Lord is my strength. God will download into you from his Holy Spirit, into your spirit, what he wants you to meditate. So you go around starting to meditate. I have the victory. I am blessed coming. I am blessed going. You are not thinking random thoughts. You are thinking yourself based on the word of God. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God wants you to think for yourself. But what he wants you to think is what he has given you through his word. And when you start to think that, that scripture that I shared earlier, if you guys have been around this church for a long... By the way, did we recognize visitors tonight? Did we have any? One visitor? Anybody else? Let's give that visitor a welcome. Like we never want them to leave again. Can we do it one more time? Every Sunday we're here, 9 and 11 o'clock, Wednesday, 6.30, great children, youth ministry, and we'd love for you to stay where you are if you don't have a church. If you have a church, stay and be a blessing to them. So anyway, we get to the point 
when we're living the Word of God and we know what to do. But our mind is constantly wanting to think. The mind was made to think. So therefore, we've got to determine how am I going to feed my mind. How many of you have got a TV set and you have a channel changer? We have three TV sets. Remember when we used to have one? Now we have three. And somebody gave us all three of them. Glory to God. Now, David said something that is very true. It's more blessed to give than to receive. How many of you are... Are, are like that. You, you would rather give. <clears throat> I believe that is absolutely 100% true. But when a lady told my wife that she wanted to buy us two brand new TV sets, I was really blessed. Glory to God. Now, I love to give and we both love to give, but it's really, it's really awesome sometimes when the supernatural intervention of God takes over and comes upon you and overtakes you. Does that make sense? In other words, you don't go out and buy TV sets and go into debt with a credit card. You don't go out and buy a car and, 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 you know, have to pay for the car. Although we've done that. We've done that. We've done it both ways. We've gone out and bought a car and paid for it, and we've had cars given to us. Guess what I prefer? <laughs> I would prefer to have the car given to me, but I really and truly what I really prefer, what blesses me more than anything, is to be able to give a car away. And we've been able to give about three or four cars away. That is just a tremendous blessing. But I do believe that in the giving away of things, you're planting a seed that God sees, and that puts you in the realm of the supernatural to be blessed by Him the way He wants to bless you. I was going somewhere just a moment ago. Oh, the channel changer. Back to the channel changer. Let me see how, how many people have channel changers in your home. How many of you people were old enough to remember when you had to get up? Walk to the TV. Oh, more than I thought. How many of you remember when you had to go to the TV set and, and get the little motor on top of it and turn the antenna. Oh, that's that's true. How many of you remember when you had to go outside and turn the antenna? Yeah, in the wintertime you said, nope, we're staying on this channel. <laughs> yeah, I've been there, done that one too. The, Pam, uh, my, my beautiful wife, and she's healed in Jesus' name. She's, she's got something trying to attack her. Stretch your hands out here. Father, I thank you for Pam. I thank you that she is healed in Jesus' name. Her lungs are clear. Her throat are clear. In Jesus' name, we speak healing into her. Amen. Uh, so we have, we have uh, um, three channel changers uh, in, in our home. And, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, sweetheart, but it appears that one of us continually misplace a channel changer and it's not me and I'm not going to point out you but but this channel changer is always gone and and so what she does it, it, maybe it's true in all homes I don't know but in our home our uh, every channel changer cha- is the same one for every set uh, I don't know if that's true always or not but it's the same for every set so she'll come into I, I have my little man cave back in the back because I can only take so much of uh Hallmark, Hallmark. It's the most exciting thing in the world, but an hour of it, and I'm, re- I'm ready to go to my man cave. Uh, my man cave is filled with antique furniture, so you know what kind of man I am. No, I, I, so anyway, uh, uh, but, but I, I go back there, and, and many times I go back there, and, and the channel changer's gone. And I think, I know where that is. She has lost her channel changer and came back and got mine, and sure enough, she did. Well, the other day I'm out there watching a ball game, I think, it was the NCAA, and she came out and she just flopped this channel changer down. She said, here, I found it, here's yours back. And I said, well, thank you. I said, it's about time. You know, I probably shouldn't have said that. And, and uh, it, it set off the Beale jeans in her, and uh, that was her maiden name, by the way. But anyway, uh, uh, the, the, they've got strong women. Their eyes turn black when, they, when you say the wrong thing. And, and uh, so, so anyway, I realized that I had said the wrong thing, so I went around the corner. And I thought, well, I'd just be kind of cute. So she's got, she's right back to the Hallmark. So I think, well, I can't change it until there's a commercial. But I can look around the corner here and change it. So the commercial come up and I flip that channel and she's sitting in the chair and she's looking like, I am cracking off around the corner. You know, and changes it back like that. Went on for a couple of times and then finally she, she said, what, where are you? What are you doing? I, I, I had to stop because I, I knew I'd gone too far right then. But sometimes we get the wrong channel operating in our brain. We need to change the channel and we need to get on God's channel. And we can do that very easily. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So if you're carrying a burden, why? Because he wants you to give it to him. 
None of us in our right mind would say, God, I'm going to be worried and anxious about this because I know I can do a better job than you. No, none of us in our right mind would say that. But in our wrong mind, how many of us would carry a burden, be anxious, be worried, be concerned about something when there's nothing we can do about it? Because if there was, we would have already done it. The reason you're worried and anxious and concerned is because the need hasn't been met and God hasn't apparently moved at that moment. So instead of letting God have his time to do what he wants to do, we take it back and we start to think things that we, hadn't, that we shouldn't be thinking. Everything that happens in your life is processed through your mind. You process through your mind, you download thoughts into your mind, and you begin to believe it, you begin to think it. Now, the good news is, everybody say good news. The good news is that God has given us directions as to how to think and how we're to live. John 4.24 says God is a spirit, and He speaks to us by the Spirit. The Spirit from the Holy Spirit and the Spirit that's on the Word of God. And then John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice. How many of you have ever doubted that you hear the voice of the Lord? Can I hear that internal voice? How many of you have ever doubted that? I've doubted that before. Stop doubting it. Turn to your neighbor and say, Stop doubting. The Word of God says you hear the voice of the Lord. You hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. I hear the voice of the Lord. If you look to my prayer journal and you would read it, and there are things in here I'd never let you read, but, but there are things in here that I know it's, I've, I've seen it happen, it's going to happen, and some things I just shake my head and say, oh God, that would be a miracle if that happens. But you know, I've seen so many things happen that when God told me it was going to happen, our grand... Uh, uh, Nephew, Matt, out in Denver, you've heard me share kind of the chronology of the story out there. On drugs since 14, I think he went on drugs, uh, became a hardcore addict, lived in the streets, sold drugs, worked with the Russian mafia. He, this, and he's only 20, pardon? 27 right now. Only, only 27 right now. Just got out of jail after being in there for a year. He was facing uh, four or five felonies, serious felonies. He finally, God intervened in his life and reduced every felony to a misdemeanor. If he served a year and now gets out and serves another, I think it's five or ten years, free from any uh, felonies, any arrests, uh, they're going to expunge his record. Absolutely amazing. Pat, and this guy hated me because I intervened in his life and took him to a youth camp out in 14 uh, with almost an armed intervention uh, as a favor to the family, which I still think I probably made a mistake. But anyway, I took him out there as a 14-year-old boy, and he just hated me. And, uh, and I didn't care much for him either. Uh, but but, but, but uh, it was a mutual admiration society. And, uh, but Pam came to me one day, and she said, I had this word from the Lord. And wh- what was that word they will find him clothed and in his right mind. I remember saying, that'll be a miracle. And, and all of a sudden, we see, I pick him up at 3 o'clock in the morning. We got out of jail just recently, a few weeks ago. And he's coming out there. He's clothed in his right mind and says, I just love you, Bill, and Uncle Bill. And, and it's just amazing what God has done. We never let go of the word even though he continued to come out of jail, back into jail, out of jail. The only time I'd ever hear from him was when he needed money. And I would pray and say, God, what do you want me to do? Because I don't want to send him anything. And I'd hear, give him money. Give him money. And I'd say, God, I don't want to give him money. And we'd send him money and we'd send him money. And then he'd call and he'd want more money and more money. But the letters toward the end that I received from this guy absolutely touched my heart talking about how he saw the love of God and it changed his life, not just through what we were doing, but what other people also intervening in his life did. And now he's out, he's involved in a church out there, and it's just absolutely amazing. What God has done for one, he'll do for all. How many of you got kids in that situation in your families right now? Just lift your hand. Father, I pray for every single person. You are no respecter of persons. What you did for Matthew, you would do for anyone. I pray for those with their hands lifted. Stay in the realm of the Spirit. Seek God and do what God tells you, even though you may not want to do it. Do what God says in Jesus' name. And I learned that one the hard way. And we all said, now, the Holy Spirit wants to show us how to live our life. And I want you to look in the book of Galatians, if you have your Bible, otherwise you can see it right up here on the screen. But what we do, we should be 
uh, I think it was Dima Shikarian who wrote this years ago, uh, we should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. He wrote a book. We should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. As I said earlier in the service, whether you're going through a storm or whether you're coming out of a storm or whether you're going into a storm, we should be happy. If everything is going the way we thought it would, we should be happy because the joy of the Lord is our, the joy of the Lord is our, how many of you realize that sometimes when you're going through a situation or a circumstance, one of the first things to go is your joy? All you got to do is look in the mirror. And you look in that mirror and you say, "Woo! I think I got a problem today. I need to do something about it. Now, the joy of the Lord is ours if we'll walk in the realm of the Spirit. And this is what it says in Galatians chapter 5, to keep our mind renewed to the things of God. It says, I say then, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How many of you realize your flesh is no good? This is really, really a weak response, so I'll say it again. How many of you realize your flesh is no good? Your flesh will get you into all sorts of stuff that you shouldn't do. You can never trust your flesh. Your renewed mind, the mind of Christ operating in you, great mind, the soulish realm, the spirit inside you, your spirit man that is born again and alive, tuned into the Holy Spirit. You can trust it implicitly. Your flesh will always get you in trouble. Verse number 17, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you know to do. Sometimes you and I need to be the intervention in people's life to say, you don't mean what you just said. I've said that to people before. And they'll become upset with you because they'll say something like, I just feel like so sick I could die. You don't mean what you just said. Yeah, I do. I really feel bad. You do not mean. Do you want to die? No, you don't want to die. You want to live. You want to be healed. So it takes the same amount of energy to speak the Word of God as it does to speak what you see with your natural eyes that will get you in trouble. The Word of God says you are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Let's not say that. If you go around saying, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, you don't have time to think about sickness and disease, no matter how your body feels. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm blessed coming. I'm blessed going. I'm the head, not the tail. And you start to say those things and meditate those things. What you continually meditate, you will believe. That's why we're told in Proverbs 23, 7, that as a man thinketh, so is he? If I'm thinking the Word of God all day long, I'm blessed. If I'm thinking the Word of God all night long and in the morning, that's why God told Joshua when he promoted him into leadership, if you will meditate the Word of God day and night, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Don't ever be discouraged. Tell your neighbor, don't ever be discouraged. Now, this is the test to show how we have to continually improve to live this word. How many of you know that based on the word of God, we should never be discouraged no matter what we face? Can I see your hands? Everybody look around. Look around. This is just a checkup. Midweek term. Right, Dr. Thelma? Give that midweek term. Okay, now everybody put their hand down. Now let me see the hands of all the people that you know you should never be discouraged, but sometimes you do it anyway. May I see your hands? Now, let's all say it. Not too smart. Now, the reason you're discouraged is because you are thinking a discouraging thought. You cannot be discouraged based on the devil. Turn your neighbor and tell them, the devil can't discourage you. Circumstances and situations can't discourage you. What can discourage you is the thought that you just take, take, think. What did I say? You paying attention? You're not taking notes. I know, I, I know you don't feel well. I'm sorry. I know what you just think. I know what you just think. And leave me alone. Not tonight. Okay. Uh, 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 you get those, you get those. Not like that. <laughs> that didn't come out right. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. Don't, don't use me as an example tonight. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, so you get to the, you get to the point. <laughs> I'm going to go back and look at my, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, our visitor back there saying, what did I get into? Okay, now we're going we're to move on to verse 24 and 25. It, it's talking about living with the fruit of the, of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And, and it says, that it, it's talking about how to live with <clears throat> a, a goodness. I, I want to go to verse number 23. Gentleness and self-control is the last fruit that is listed here. You and I have self-control from God himself. As a matter of fact, 
when you look at the fruit of the Holy Spirit, it is God's fruit. So let's say, I have God's fruit. Now, the fruits that are listed there, the, the nine fruits, we're not going to go through all of them right now, but I want to talk about the last fruit. You know, love, peace, joy, patience, long-suffering, all that kind of stuff. But right now, self-control. Do we have self-control? Yes. But our self-control is based on whether or not we take what the Spirit of God has given us and let it enter our mind to be able to think what we should think. In other words, you look at the checkbook and you see lack. I thank you, Lord, that I am prospering in every area of my life. I thank you that I have abundance financially. I have abundance in my relationship. And we speak things that maybe are not to the visual eyes, but we speak what the Word of God says. That's walking by faith and not by sight. And then it goes on to say, these are the, the ones who manifest this fruit in their life. These are uh, uh, those who are Christ, verse 24, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also then walk in the realm of the spirit. So how do you walk in the realm of the spirit? Okay, well, we take a look and we say, well, what is the will of God? Okay. Well, the will of God in this situation is that my nephew Matthew get saved and get turned and, and, and get turned on to the things of God. My wife, I don't like the guy in the beginning. I really don't. And he doesn't like me, and that's fine with me. And Pam has a word that says you will find him clothed and in his right mind. Well, we can go with what I think. I don't even like the guy. That doesn't sound too spiritual to me. But what Pam said bore witness with my spirit. I don't understand it. It would take a miracle, but I think that's what we need to think about. I wrote that in my daytimer. She had it written down. And over a period of, oh gosh, how many years have you been incarcerated out there? At least five in and out of jail, five years, maybe longer. Uh, he was about 19 at the time. Oh yeah, I've been nine, almost 10 years. 10 years, we never saw that. Everybody said, that's a long time. But sometimes we try to put a time frame on something and God says, don't, don't limit me. You just pray and speak what I said to you in the realm of the spirit. That's where the prayer journal comes in. If you do not have a prayer journal, you are not living with the now of the Holy Spirit in your life. And you're missing God's best because God is giving you information. And don't think because you hear it on Monday, you're going to remember it on Friday. Let me say hands of all the people that I know God told me something a few days ago, but I just can't put my mind around. I don't remember what it was. That's me. That's why in my car, I have my prayer journal. I have other writing material. If I have to ride over at the side, go over at the side of the road and write down what I think God is sharing me, that's more important than the next appointment I had or where I was going. God said that settles the issue. Let's all say God said, God said. issue settled. Now, what we're going to do is look at a, a powerful scripture right here, because your, your mindset, uh, like, just like that channel changer, you want to watch um, um, Fox News. Some of you might like Fox News. I like Fox News. I had a choice between Hallmark and Fox News, I'm going to Fox News. But if I'm with my wife in the living room, we're going to go to Hallmark, right? We're going to go home and watch Hallmark tonight. You know darn well we are, don't you? And, and, and she, says, she says, you are hooked. You are addicted to Fox News. And I don't say it, but I think you are hooked and addicted to Hallmark. And so anyway, what we need to do is get hooked and addicted to the Word of God. What did God say? What is God's original intent for my life? What am I supposed to do? Where do how do I handle this situation, God? I don't know what to do. One of the best statements you'll ever make to yourself and to God, but definitely to yourself, is say, I don't know what to do. God, what do I do? We quoted Jehoshaphat earlier. Jehoshaphat one day was surrounded by the enemy. He said, God, I don't know what to do. The enemy is surrounding me. I don't know what to do. And basically simplifying that whole scripture, God said, position yourself, do what I tell you, keep quiet, and you are going to see my hand move on your behalf. You don't have to fight in this battle. I am going to fight this battle for you. Tell your neighbor, God's already fought your battle. So what we do is walk by faith and not by sight. We keep this mind renewed to do what God tells us to do. But there's one very important assignment that we have. And that is that we continue to make sure that we have pushed the right button and I have the right mindset. Everybody say mindset. mindset. Who sets your mind as to what you should think? You do. 
But in actuality, many people allow their mind to be set by their mates. I thank God I have a great mate, but my wife is not my source. I thank God that I'm surrounded by great people in this church, but that's not my source. I thank God that we've got money in the bank because I've known when we didn't have money in the bank. I've been rich. I've been poor. It's better to be that's John Osteen. Wasn't that John Osteen? He said, I've been rich and I've been poor, but I found out it's a lot better to be rich. You can help a lot more people when you got money. But what happens then is if your mindset is not right, you'll let the circumstance dictate what you think. Now, we're going to read a scripture that talks about this in detail because you are the person that determines what you think. How many of you realize you're thinking right now? Have you ever been in church like I have? I think I shared this last week. Have you ever been in church uh, and, and you start thinking about what you're going to eat after church? Has that ever happened to you? That's happened to me. Uh, where I think the example I used last week was popcorn. That, you know, I think, well, popcorn would taste good. I've been in church before, especially I remember out of victory. I'm glad the pastor doesn't know what I'm thinking. Turn to your neighbor and say, he doesn't know what you're thinking. And that turned back and said, it's a really good thing for you. <laughs> But I can remember, I can remember sitting there, maybe I missed lunch that day, and we're there, and Pastor Doherty's up there preaching and teaching. By the way, if you want to read an awesome book, uh, Sharon Doherty's book, I just finished it last night, uh, about two o'clock in the morning. But, uh, the, the, the Draw of Heaven. The Draw of Heaven. Awesome book about the fight that Billy Joe, Pastor Billy Joe Doherty fought and, and, and went on into heaven. And we all thought he was going to be healed. And he was. It just happened different. I did not know that he died the same age as his dad. His dad was 57 and he died at 57. Or transitioned into 57. What was I going to say? I just lost my train of thought. It, you don't know? You're not following along with me? Oh, the, the, the thoughts. The, you did, the, I, I remember saying... I, I, it's hard to follow me. It is, if you think it's hard to follow me, you ought to be in here. <laughs> uh, uh, sitting there, and Billy Joe's preaching something or, you know, talking about something. I think, man, a double cheeseburger at McDonald's would really taste good, you know, after, after church tonight. It's like, where did that thought come from? What came from my flesh? Wasn't concentrating on what he had to say. But, but we set our own mind and we determine what we think. So therefore, that scripture is so powerful that I said earlier in Joshua, if you'll meditate the word of God day and night, you won't have a lot of time to think other things that you don't need to be thinking. You'll be thinking the word of God constantly. And that's what gives you the success. Now in, in Romans uh, chapter eight, uh, we're going to, we're going to be reading in, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) in verse five, uh, verse five through eight. And it, it basically starts out in Romans uh, 8 that says that, you know, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk according to the Spirit and not the flesh. People that feel condemnation in their life are thinking condemning thoughts. Otherwise, you would not feel condemnation in your life. All of us have done things that we wish we hadn't done. Uh, I, you know, my hands raised. Everybody would raise and say, yeah, yeah, there are things that I wish I hadn't done. I'm glad nobody knows I did them other than me and God. Wish I hadn't done them, but I can't do anything about it. So therefore, I don't think about it because God has set me free in that area of my life. Can I think about it? Yep, in a moment's notice. How many of you realize sometimes you can hear a song? That there's nothing wrong with music, but you can hear the wrong type of music that will try to draw you back into the old days. Uh, I think I've shared this before, I'm sure, but uh, when I was a senior in high school, the number one song on the country hit parade, uh, country western hit parade, I was really into country western music, was I'll Pick You Up on My Way Down. How many of you realize that is not the most uplifting song in the world, but it was number one on the, on the charts at that time? So what we do is we get to the point and say, I'm getting up today, and I am responsible for my thoughts. And therefore, I'm going to speak the Word of God. And that if you and I would, would, would read the Word of God, read through the Bible every year. Todd, did you, how many years have you done that now? Seven years. Seven years through the Bible. How many years, honey? 2000. Almost, almost 16 years. 
16 years, she reads through the Bible. There'll be times to say, Pam, let's go do this. You gotta read my Bible. Now you would think a guy like me would never do this. Oh God, you gotta, you gotta read through your Bible again. We could be out doing something here. She'd just say, stuff it, I'm reading my Bible. And we don't move until she finishes wherever. She usually goes to the park or somewhere to do it. But I, I, I am so proud of my wife. She reads, how many of you read through the Bible every year? I try to read through the Bible every year. Uh, Pam told me one time, I said, honey, I don't know why. I love to read the Bible. I read the Word all the time, but I just get so bored reading through the Bible every single year. Uh, she said, maybe God hasn't given you the grace. And I grabbed onto it, and I said, I'll take that. But I do read, I, but, but this, this will change your life if you'll do it. <clears throat> maybe you will read through the Bible all uh, through the year. Maybe not. I don't know, but, but it, it cannot hurt you. Everybody say, it cannot hurt you. But if you'll do this, if you will read a proverb every day of the month, read it and line it up with the month. Tomorrow is the 6th. Pull out your Bible and go to Proverbs chapter 6 and begin to read. I guarantee you this, it will change your life. I had a man tell me one time, he said, the book of Proverbs changed my life. He said, it's what I read all of the time. I recommend you read a whole lot more than the book of Proverbs. But the book of Proverbs will change your life. And when you read that every day, and on the seventh, read the seventh proverb, the eighth proverb. And if you fall and miss it on the ninth, then read it later, but go to the tenth when you're there. And read a proverb every single day, and it will change your life. Now, as we move ahead here in Romans chapter 8, this is what it says. It's talking about uh, that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and death. We come down to, to verse number 5, and this is what it says. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Now, this would, uh, this would uh, be all of us that when we do things, how many of you know you do things even to this day, that after you do them, it's like, why did I do that? I wish I hadn't done that. And you're saying, God, forgive me for doing that. Well, he will forgive you. But why did you do it? Was that the devil? No. He didn't cause you to do it. Was it somebody else? Did they cause you to do it? No. The reason you did what you did is because you, turn to your neighbor and say, it was you. <laughs> you set your mind on something contrary to where your mind had been set. You decided that you wanted to do what you wanted to do separate from God. You became contrary and contradicted God. Now turn to your neighbor and say, this is really good news. Now turn back and say, in spite of how quiet it's becoming. <laughs> You decided in your mind to contradict God. That's why we begin to walk the wrong direction, because we have allowed our thought, which your thoughts will always control you. <clears throat> Let me tell you this, because I know some people might take exception to this. The Holy Spirit will not always control you. Why? Because if the Holy Spirit could always control you, guess what you would be? Duh, <laughs> turn your neighbor and say, we'd, always, we'd be controlled. God would, you would be perfect. You would never make a mistake because you would always be under the control of the Holy Spirit. The control of the Holy Spirit is available to you if you'll do what God says and set your mind on the things of God. So here we go again. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, everybody say, that's me. They, and I doesn't say it, but this is what it means. They set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So when you're living your life, what does the Holy Spirit want me to think? What does he want me to meditate when I get up in the morning, many times I get up, I say, God, God, this is the day you have made. I shall rejoice in it. I will start to sing. I will start to worship the Lord unless I'm not feeling well. And even then I try to. But, you know, I'm, I'm just singing and worshiping the Lord. And I drive my wife a little bit wacko because I sing off key and I sing a little bit country. Is that is that true? I do. I sing off key. You can tell me. I don't like sing off key. OK, I thought I sang off key. You think I really sound good? 
Ooh, glory to God. Okay, now I, I I know that I don't sound good, and I know she's a professional musician. But 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 we get to the point in our life when I can program myself. Does that make sense? I can program myself based on the Holy Spirit. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I got the mind of Christ. Glory to God. I'm blessed coming, blessed going. I got wisdom every time I have a decision to make. I'm not going to stop and think about all the things that went wrong. How many of you realize some people look at the proverbial glass of water? It's either half empty or it's half full. We should be the greatest optimists on the face of the earth, but it's spiritual optimism. Everybody say spiritual optimism. How many of you know a lot of negative people? How many of you realize in the drop of a hat, you can be pretty negative yourself if you're not tuned in spiritually? Let's read what it says. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That means we're taking the thoughts of the Spirit of the Word of God. The reason the Word of God is Spirit is because God is spirit. And that Jesus said that man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the spirit of God. So what God said settles the issue once and for all. To be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God or it is continually contradicting God. What did the devil do to Eve, he contradicted to Eve the things of God that God said. Eve accepted the contradiction, and it didn't matter what the devil did. Eve could have, did not have to contradict God, but Eve contradicted God, and then Adam contradicted God. And if you and I aren't careful and aren't focused in the realm of the Spirit on thinking the things of God, we too will contradict the Word of God. And it wasn't a, a mean word that I felt when God said that, but it was very firm. How do you know God can speak firm? He's full of love, but He can speak firm. And I would hear, stop contradicting me. Stop contradicting me. And I heard it over and over again. And then he took me to some things in my prayer journal that he showed me on what I should be doing, what I should be thinking, and where I was contradicting him myself. And I thought, glory to God, I am so sorry. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many of you realize peace is one of the most important things you can have in your life? The peace of God. Isaiah 26, 3, we talked about it last week. Those who are focused upon the Lord have perfect peace perfect peace. If you have perfect peace, you are focused and your mind is focused on the things of God and you're meditating the word of God and the things of God. But if you don't have peace, you're focused upon the things that aren't going right in your life. And that is the challenge with many people. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God or an enemy. It, that word enmity is not a word very seldom we use, but it, that it means it's hostile, it's in opposition, and it is hateful toward God. What are we seeing in our country today? What are we seeing in the world, world today? We are seeing people that do not have a renewed mind. They are at enmity toward God, hostile in an opposition for God. We need to pray for our state legislators, and for that federal judge. How many of you saw the paper where the federal judge blocked the, the latest uh, 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 abortion uh, uh, law that Governor Pence signed just before he left office? We just saw, and I'm a little bit off the subject, but not really. We just saw an ultrasound recently that was sent to us of our granddaughter. Oh, he's a grandson? Great grandson. As I was saying, it was a grandson, and in, anyway, and I was looking at this ultrasound, and how many of you have seen an ultrasound? This precious. I, I think this is one stroke of genius by Governor Pence and by the rest of the people down there. <clears throat> there are a lot of people say, oh, no, 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 that's not of God, that's not right, that's not right, but, but it was 18 days, I believe, before an abortion or 18 hours. I think it was 18 hours before an abortion, a woman had to see the ultrasound of her baby. And then all she had to do is sign off on it and get the abortion. I think it was brilliant because if you as a mother are looking at that, abor looking at that child and seeing the head and seeing all the details of that body, you're going to bring you to your senses and look at that. But there are people who say, oh, no, 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 no. This, this is the way it should be. These people are at enmity 
toward God. God loves every precious life in the womb. That is the life that is alive once it has conception. And so what happens in is, this is where the world is today. I'm going to read it again to you. Because the carnal mind, now these are people in the body of Christ. There are many people in the body of Christ who say, oh, no, 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 there's nothing wrong with abortion. Everybody should have a right to have an abortion. They are at enmity with God because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But if you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit dwells within you, now, if anyone does not have the Spirit, then he's not God. If you're here tonight and you got the Holy Spirit inside you, you are capable of living with the power of a renewed mind and the power of your mind in every situation. And what it's going to do is going to put you in opposition with a lot of people. That's okay. Going to put you in opposition with a lot of people who don't want to hear you what you say. That's okay. But don't let it affect you. And don't focus upon the things that aren't going right in your life. Focus upon the things that are going right. Focus upon who's going to take care of the things that you need. Who's going to take care of your finances? Who's going to take care of your children? Who's going to see to it that you become everything that God's called you to be? God's going to do all of that if we will do what Jehoshaphat said. There's only one reason Jehoshaphat had the victory, and it was not because God said he was going to do it. He had the victory because he did what God said. He positioned himself. He sent out the praisers. He did exactly what God said, and he had the victory because he did what God told him to do. If you will do every single thing that the Spirit of God is speaking to you to do based on the written Word of God, renewing my mind, renewing my mind when I go to bed, you wake up in the middle of the night, you say, Satan, I bind you in Jesus' name. This is a, a true story that I read many years ago, and I'll close with this. It was Smith Wigglesworth, a famous evangelist from England, had one of the greatest healing ministries that ever existed on the face of the earth. He was a plumber by trade, got saved late in life, and, uh, and he was just a powerful man of God. And he was, uh, woke up one night in the middle of the night, and he said, I looked down, and I saw the devil sitting on the end of my bed. And he said, I looked up, and it startled me. It didn't startle me, but he said, it woke me up, and I looked at it, and I said, oh, it's just you. And I rolled over and went back to sleep. That's how the body of Christ should be. We should be so bold that whatever God says. He told another story about how he went into a restaurant. And just think about this like next time you go into a restaurant. And he walked into a restaurant, and he said he observed that nobody prayed over their meal before they ate. And he said he sat there, and he observed it for a while, and finally he just began to clank his glass. And pretty soon he had the attention of the whole restaurant. And he said, I've noticed that, he has a very firm voice, said, I've noticed that none of you prayed over your meals before you ate. I will pray for all of them right now. And he prayed for everybody's meal. Now, I'm not saying the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to do that. But as he did, the waiter came over and said, I have never heard anything like that in my life. How can I give my heart to Jesus. Let's stand to our feet. You'll never know when the love of Jesus and the power of God flowing from you will affect other people. People will see that you're going through difficult situations and they can't tell it. They know that you're going through a difficult situation because they know what it is. But you've got a smile, you've got the joy of the Lord, you've got love, peace, and joy radiating from you and they think, what is wrong with those people? Don't they know how bad it is? But you really know how good it is. You know that this thing that's affecting you is just for a moment, that you're going to go through this storm. You're going to go through the storms of life. And every storm is going to make you stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Bring on the storm because I'm going through the storm. We are going through it. We're going over it. We're going under it. We're going around it, but we are going through. And in the process, we are going to be blessed by Almighty God. Father, I pray for every person here tonight. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here that has never given their heart to you, that tonight would be that night. I pray that if there are those here today that maybe they've strayed away from you and they know it, they, they need to come home and you're telling them by the Spirit. You're showing them you need to come back. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Father, I pray that right now as we pray for this, <coughs> Lord, that you will quicken every heart that needs to lift their hand and bring their life back into subjection to you. If you're here 
while we're bowed in prayer and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let this be the night that your life changes for eternity. Let this be the night that you settle the issue, that you will live forever in heaven. Maybe you're here, you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You know that you've slipped away from the things of God. Let this be the night that you walk out from under all of those things that the world has to offer and you accept what Jesus has to offer. And if you're here and you say, Pastor, you just described me. I know I need to come back to the Lord. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand, and we're going to pray for you. Right over here, I see this hand. Are there others? You say, I know my life is not right, but I want it to be. Yes, I see your hand all the way back here, ma'am. <laughs> Are there others? It'll take just a moment. Anyone else? Anyone else? Most important decision you'll ever make. Most important decision, yes, I see your hand over here. Most important decision you'll ever make in your life is to let Jesus come in. Those of you that lifted your hands, would you come down here at the altar and let me pray with you? Right here, all the way back there, all the way over here. Give her a hand right over there. Yeah, come on down here. Come on down with them if you got a friend. We are so glad that all of you are here. Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand again. Stretch your hands out toward these. Father, I thank you for these ladies. I thank you for the plan, for the purpose that you have for their life. I thank you that tonight is a night of new beginnings. I thank you for the plan, the purpose that you had when they were, when they were formed in their mother's womb has never changed. And that everything they've ever been through that was contrary to your will, it will be turned around and used to strengthen them in that area of their life. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Let's all pray this prayer. Let this be your prayer, and we're all going to join you. Let's pray together. Jesus, Jesus. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned and I've made mistakes. But tonight I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart and take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be everything you've called me to be. Father, I thank you for these ladies. I thank you that tonight is that night of new beginnings. And we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Sandy, come on around in front of these ladies. Now, as we're dismissed tonight, every single one of us myself included. I have to work at this message and make myself discipline and have the self-control to think what I'm supposed to think. So I want you to take your hand. I know we've done this before, but you need to do this constantly. I want you to put it right up there because that that organ, that computer that you have is the most sophisticated computer that's ever been developed. It is the mind of Christ and that you have it when it's under the control of the Holy Spirit. So let's all say it. I have the mind of Christ. I'm blessed coming. I'm blessed going. No matter what I face, God will turn it around. He will use it for good because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. I refuse to think a thought that would contradict my Lord and Savior. Therefore, I declare to me and to the world, I have the victory. Therefore, I am steadfast, immovable, Always, always, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You believe that? That is the will of God for your life. Give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed. Good to see all of you.